नमस्ते नवंबर 1926 मार्क्स से लैंडमार्क इवेंट इन दी नॉट जस्ट द हिस्ट्री ऑफ शेरबिंदोज योगा बट मच मोर सो इन दी इवोल्यूशनरी जर्नी ऑफ द अर्थ स्टार्टिंग फ्रॉम डस्ट एंड गैलेक्सीज एंड स्टार्स थ्रू ए सीरीज ऑफ अवतार्स राइट अप टू श्री कृष्णा हु अटेम्प्ट टू ब्रिंग डाउन डिलइट एंड फ्रीडम टू दी अर्थ इन रिटर्न द अर्थ गिव्स बैक और ह्यूमैनिटी अपॉन अर्थ गिव्स बैक द ग्रेट महाभारत अवार अर्थ इज नॉट येट रेडी सो श्री कृष्णा प्रोमिस दैट ही विल रिटर्न संभवामी योगे योगे ए लॉन्ग पीरियड ऑफ टाइम पासिस फॉर नियरली फाइव थाउजेंड ईयर्स फोर थाउजेंड फाइव हंड्रेड ईयर्स वेंस आफ्टर द महाभारत अवार श्री कृष्णा वॉट ही इज एस्टैब्लिश्ड इज the country called aryavarth india today we call it as india but aryavarth and that's a whole narrative the way he eventually created a kind of unity centered around dharma and the reign of dharma and because of the power and presence of shri krishna we see for almost 2000 3000 years a little more india continued to preserve that integrity that strength within her until the time when due to the uh, you know resurgence of uh, mayavad illusionism that started taking hold of the indian psyche well it was the plan of the divine let's put it like that and as a result of it the power started withdrawing into the background and then we see the invasions and eventually the last almost we can say shri krishna's work gets completed with the last spark of the rani of jhansi with that his work comes to a kind of completion and now the time has come for another avatar for the new creation for for another for the work to be carried further in a way shri krishna's work because from the beginning the divine has will that this earth be that delight from where it has started each element of it each creature should be able to breathe that delight so now the time comes for this work to be carried further and we have around the same time within i think 1857 so 15 years down the line we have shirbindo upon earth and then 1872 and then we see that a whole journey starts where shirbindo comes in contact first with kali who is none else but shri krishna's other side shyam and shama as it is called and we see that he becomes a worshipper of kali in 1900 102 103 as the uh, uh, as the during the revolutionary movement we see that shri krishna uh, shirbindo is a, becomes a worshipper of kali and he writes bhavani bharati and some very beautiful um, you know poems and uh, he, you know the mother awakes and kali as he awakens she leads shirbindo because kali is the one who uh, is meant to take rapid progress and leaps we see within 5 years less than that shirbindo lays down the large lines along which india would get freedom and then he goes to the jail where he has the vision of vasudev one who is can bear the on rush of kali he is ready to bear the sweetness of shri krishna because um, without that purification without that 
intensity one cannot bear his uh, sweetness krishna's way is very different he lures and leaves and lures and leaves but when kali comes she makes us completely ready for shri krishna's coming into our lives so shri krishna comes and then a process starts a process through which shri krishna is progressively handing him over the age that is to come and the age that is being left behind on 24th november 1926 this process reaches a grand culmination it's a crowning moment and the significance of this crowning moment is threefold first it means that all the spiritual gains of the past which shri krishna had secured and held within himself they are passed on to shirbindo it is beautifully immortalized in one of his aphorisms where he says my lover came and gave me his crown and his necklace um but the saints and sages thought that i am running after siddhis so all the powers and all the wisdom and all the gains of the evolution they should not be lost they are passed on to shirbindo all the rest will be eventually destroyed but the crucial element the critical elements are passed on the avatar has to uphold it abear it just as there are lands which are meant to uphold the sanatan dharma as shirbindo says in this chaturyug it is india so also the avatar carries them safe because always these things are uh, you know the the asura in man is eyeing upon these things and he hands them over so all the gains of the past are secured in shirbindo and that is the crowning moment second significance of this particular event is fusion of shri krishna into shirbindo as the mother put it is that now because all shirbindo is fused the avatar of the past the formation of the past has fused with the avatar of the future now the road to the future can be opened it's like a sanction from the supreme otherwise shirbindo was already foraging into the supramental uh, you know toward the supramental realization but whether the earth this process should be applied to earth whether mankind is ready for that or whether he is too much into the future that was the moot question so as disciples were coming they were not called as disciples they would gather around shirbindo they would come for the evening talks they would be like you know honey bees who gather the sweetest nectar from the flower and then they travel far and wide so this was happening the aryas was already sowing seeds of the new creation the new idea in the minds of people but whether the time has come or the new creation or its possibility will remain as a memory in the race was to be seen on 24th november 1926 with the fusion of shri krishna's earthly humanly divine personality or divinely human personality with shirbindo it was very clear that now the supreme has given the sanction if we use the you know more modern terminology the baton the scroll has been handed over to shirbindo to carry the work further until then shirbindo was waiting the mother was waiting they could have started there were people around isn't it very interesting that 1920 the mother has come definitively both of them were highly realized beyond all that the traditional yoga can even conceive of and yet between 1920 to 1926 the grand experiment of the new creation has not begun so what was happening during this period this was the crowning moment for which they were waiting so this was the second impact that now the road could be opened the third very interesting side aspect of this day is that henceforth all genuine devotees of shri krishna all genuine disciples i am not talking of cults and sects and institutions which develop around the name of a person because that's a different story altogether but all genuine seekers and 
devotees of Sri Krishna would naturally get a response from Sri Aurobindo because he is the one now given the charge of this. So that's why Sri Aurobindo says, and there were quite a few disciples like that, Charu Chandradat, Dilip Kumar Roy, Sahana Devi, and Sri Aurobindo made it very clear, if you are worshipping Krishna, uh, I am not against it. It will lead you to me. So this was the third impact of this. And again, I am not talking of millions and millions of uh, people who would dance in the name of Krishna, but genuine devotees and seekers and lovers of Sri Krishna who are very very few but nevertheless this was the third impact of this so Shurabindo's now work was and the mothers to now open the road to the future now in this process now that this was decided so that's why it's the Siddhi day Siddhi day is till now all the perfection that was possible in the earth all the realizations now Shurabindo is wearing that crown and now the process to go further. You know, this crowning moment reminds me of Dilip Kumar Roy, whom Shurabindo would, he would ask that I want to be your disciple. And Shurabindo would uh, say, your seeking is still mental. So in 1928, he goes to a tantric siddha yogi and wants to take initiation. And uh, this yogi says, okay, sit quietly and I'll initiate you. And suddenly he tells him that you are already initiated. So he says, by whom? He says, I have seen you. Shurabindo is has initiated you and he is sitting on the crown of all the possible realizations upon earth. All the powers are in his kitty, in his bag. And you have come to me? So, you know, Dilip Kumar Rai is very surprised and he says, but he didn't tell me anything about it. So he said, yes, because do you have a hernia in the abdomen? And he says, yes, I have a hernia. So what? So he says, well, because under the pressure of the yoga, this may... Uh, you know, create a problem. So you go and get it operated and then go to him. Strangely, when he goes to Shirobindo, he smiles and then he is accepted. So what was happening was why this kind of a work was not as simple as initiating somebody into yoga and then they take up a path and they do some meditation and have some realizations. This was a work which was being done not only upon the soul but in the mind, heart, life, body, the very body cells of each and every individual. So it needed a great degree of preparation and readiness and that's when we see the second impact of this event, the second important aspect of this event of 1926 is that Shubindo places the mother in forefront, gives her the charge of the yoga and there were no disciples before that. So that's when there were people who would come, seekers and they can consider themselves but Shubindo and the mother had not formally initiated anyone. But from that time onwards, not only the ashram starts, which is, of course, that's how it is known that there is no formal date of the ashram. But we can consider that 24th November 1926 uh, can be considered as, as a date when the ashram began. But more importantly, the yoga became collective. The, there was a possibility of the yoga entering into the lives of human beings. Before that, they would come, gather knowledge, people would read the Arya they are getting ready, something within them is being nourished. But in the real sense of the word, the, the yoga spread into humanity. The yoga started being given, into, given to humanity was from 24th November 1926. So this was the second impact of the event. And from that day onwards, Shurabindo retired into the background to prepare the larger cosmic dimensions because there, there were two aspects of the work. On one side, the um, each and every each disciple was a representative of humanity. So, if he could be changed, it would have an impact upon all the representative types. That's the model along which Shurabindo's yoga works, and the ashram and the larger ashram community or Shurabindo community works. That each of us is a representative of a difficulty 
and each of us is represents a new possibility and if it can actuate in us through a ripple effect through you know the law of contagion it will spread into others so this is how it started when mother took the charge of preparing all the disciples and through them the whole humanity because each was a representative difficult task on the other hand shrubindu withdrew into the background to work upon the larger cosmic forces which would obstruct which would help which would hinder and you know to prepare for the supramental descent and or rather manifestation because descent is an individual phenomena so first in individuals and then in manifestation so he was working on the cosmic dimension of the forces and in the process we know that just as sri krishna had to uh you know participate in the great mahabharata war shubindu had to participate in a much bigger war at a much much more mega scale where the, the now it was no more just duryodhan and a few uh, hero warriors that side or a few kshatriya warriors who had become arrogant with pride uh, it was the excess powers with tremendous potential to destroy the earth so he was again you know he had put all his forces against them and like shri krishna he would not lift an arm he would not bat an eyelid and yet he would be the charioteer of the entire war so this was the next step you know as we see in the gita uh, four marks of the avatar yada yada hi dharma siglani so the dharma siglani was there the meaning of sanatan dharma had been lost in all kinds of vedvad ritualism the understanding was based on you know modern understanding of grammar so shurbindo had already started the revival of the sanatan dharma through the new interpretation of the vedas upanishads and the gita what they really meant and he gave them an interpretation which was in consonance with the future whatever was hinted towards the future was brought in broad daylights the second aspect is paritranaya sadhunam so all who were ready the sadhunam is of course uh, within human being the goodness that needs to be not only saved but much more it has to be upgraded to become one with the divine good which is very different from what we understand as human goodness so the second aspect paritranaya sadhunam the handful of people and through them a larger larger humanity in concentric circles and the third was vinashaya uh, cha duskritam so that we see evidently with um, hitler and the axis powers who were trying to uh, take the earth backwards millions of years back at least few thousand years back that's how the reverse swastik or the twisted swastik represents swastik is a forward movement whereas this was the reverse movement very symbolically it was there so this was the kind of work he started and the third important uh, event uh, not an event but as an aside which took place uh, which is equally important uh, in fact in many ways quite important was that from that day onward the age of the gods ended because there is an event which the mother um, describes just before the supramental manifestation she used to do meditation and all these gods will come all the she describes trimurti and all others gods pantheon of various mythologies and they started influencing the human beings who were around then she saw that you know these people started having magical uh, experiences almost like being lifted nearer to the gods so it is known as the brilliant period of the ashram so when this was happening so the mother went with it and many of these gods started you know surrounding almost incarnating not incarnating actually but you know starting to in a way influence incarnating within the soul of the disciples then she one day calls the gods and says will you tie yourself to a human body and then they say no that's a difficult task because it means first of all losing the 
Devatva, as it is, you know, he writes in Savitri, a God come down and greater by the fall. So that they were not willing. But they said, we will influence. So, well, this was not enough. So when all the gods were asked, are you ready to participate? There was only one who consented. Shiva said, okay, I'll not tie myself to a human body, but I will prepare, do the work. But Sri Krishna agreed to tie himself to the human body and the only body which could take him was Sri Krishna. Now, this Sri Krishna which tied to Sri Aurobindo's body is the earthly personality of the Godhead who had incarnated. Because when the divine incarnates in a, a mortal body, as he goes through that process of manifestation, there is a manifestation of the divine that takes place within the limits of what the avatar has come to bring. And that manifestation builds the earthly, divinely human personality of the avatar through whom we can connect with the Supreme. But there is such a beauty of that earthly, divinely human personality. It is this personality, earthly, divinely human personality of Sri Krishna, which fuses with Sri Aurobindo. So, with this day, the age of the gods came to an end. Does it mean that gods will have no role? No, they will have a role on a kind of humanity which still needs the labor of the gods. What do the gods do? They are ever engaged in battling with the uh, you know, darker powers and pushing them away. Sometimes the darker powers are in ascendance. Sometimes the gods are winning the victory and so on. They keep the balance of the world. But more or less through long labor, through much wrestle and struggle, they start extracting out of the creature some goodness, some ray of light, some hope, some faith, uh, some love, some beauty, uh, charm, sweetness, strength. This is the work of the gods. So they will continue to labor. But because of the presence of the new consciousness, they will find it much easier to work. But there is a section of humanity which has escaped that. It is coming directly under the influence of the Supreme now, who is manifesting through matter. So now there will be two kinds of humanity, one which is still under the influence of the gods, and another which is now ready and capable of going beyond the plane of the gods, which is the overmind. That's how Sri Aurobindo explained that to... Discover the supermind, you have, to, you have to first go through the plane of the gods. So, gods have up till now, uh, you know, they are formatures and they have shaped this earth. But their method is that they go through layers after layers. And because they go through layers after layer, at each layer, the there is some deflection, some distortion that takes place. That's how creation toward the end becomes a chaos and disorder. But when the Supreme acts, he acts directly into matter because he is embedded in each and every human being and in each particle of matter. So this is uh, what happened from that day onwards. And these people who were ready, from them, the mother says, she withdrew the influence of the gods, which is very interesting. Because now she wants the Supreme to act directly upon them. When the mother was asked, uh, so what should be our relation with the gods? She says, those who want to believe in them can continue to believe in them. But they must know that it has nothing to do with the supramental realization. At the same time, she said, a luminous, indifferent. They are like benevolent friends. They are in the same league as those who are into the supramental yoga. But there is no need to worship them, however big and great, because every god brings a certain deflection in that fullness, in the perfection that Shurabindu brings. Shurabindu brings the perfection, the totality of the divine. And therefore, a new step was added, a new chapter in the earth's evolutionary history, wherein at least there would be a certain number of human beings who would escape from the action of the gods and can come directly in contact with the supreme while staying in the material body. So these are the three or four major events, major 
you know impacts of this event and it's largely cosmic shobindu himself as the mother says was indifferent to it because you know for him shri krishna was his uh, bosom friend as he once calls him the, the double he is my double and <laughs> there are many very beautiful uh, interesting you know aphorisms in which shobindu recounts his experience his uh, relation with shri krishna and kali but this had an impact upon the earth and in this process of new creation india had to play a very central role because it is the hub of the evolutionary journey in this chaturyug what happened in the previous chaturyug we don't know maybe it was uh, you know arctic circle we we really don't know but right now it is india which has to play the role so shurvidos one of the major work in this new creation was the securing india's political freedom because unless there is political freedom we cannot regain spiritual freedom it's a different matter that between political freedom and spiritual freedom there is a third freedom which india should regain it is on the path to it which is psychological freedom this entire slavery to a mindset a way of thinking etc so we see this is how the work which shri krishna has had started 5000 or 4500 years ago i'm not getting into the debates about the date this really not relevant <laughs> so but the important part is that work of unification of india around the dharma that should be the secures and leads it to the next logical step which is the unification of mankind around dharma and in this process india has to play a role so nationalism indian nationalism in the true sense deeper sense was established by shri krishna internationalism world unity in its truest deepest highest sense is the door of which shobindu has been given the charge and he has opened the doors oroville is uh, you know a kind of uh, not only role model much more than that it's an occult action of the mother towards world unity so this is the significance of the day and it's a, something so beautiful much more than any, anything like a celebration what is more important is that we understand its significance and start moving on the path of the new creation that their grace and immense love and compassion and tapasya has opened for us and given us as a prasad may we all share the prasad and the joy of participating in this tremendous supramental yagna Thank you.